Tonight we're in Psalm 23, and you can remain seated tonight, but I want to uh, look at a couple verses. We're just going through this wonderful psalm here, really not, not only verse by verse, but word by word, and uh, two verses tonight that I want us to read together. So if you have your Bible, maybe you grab one of the uh, note pages on your way in, or you downloaded them and printed them off at home, but Psalm 23 and these first two verses, all right? So everybody get your eyes on verse 1 and verse 2, and we'll read these out loud together. So if you're at home, we want you to participate also, all right? Stay with us, follow along tonight. And so uh, if everybody is there, Psalm 23, let's begin reading in verse number 1. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. What a wonderful couple verses here tonight. And as you look at these verses, there's a lot of places that you and I could put the emphasis. For instance, uh, I think sometimes people look at it and in verse number two, they might put the emphasis on the word maketh. Uh, sometimes people look at this and they might even put the emphasis on the word me which would make it very personal. But I think when we look at this in the proper context, I think instead of the emphasis being on the maketh and the emphasis on me, I think the emphasis, rightfully so, ought to be on he. And as we look at this verse, the emphasis should always be on the shepherd and not on the sheep. Would you agree with me tonight? I think that really that's what Psalm 23 is all about. It's not about us, it's about Him. And the emphasis tonight is that He is the one that maketh us to lie down in green pastures. I think this verse really speaks of His rest, the shepherd's rest for the sheep. See, we are His sheep, and we looked at this last week and even the week before. And I love how the fact that this, this psalm establishes that the Lord desires rest for his sheep. How many of you like rest, right? I don't know about you, but I enjoy rest. I know uh, Brother Greg and Miss Janeth and, and many of others might have the same kind of schedule where you work like uh, two or three days in a row. I know Miss Janeth the other day, she didn't even know what day of the week it was. She had worked like three twelves in a row and she was speaking some kind of language that I just didn't understand you know I, I think sometimes we get to the place where where we have to be off an entire day before we can actually feel like we got some rest uh, you know it's a it's a good vacation when you feel like when you come back that you feel like you've been gone for a while that you've got the rest that you need I think all of us we get to the place where we're just going 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 and going and God says listen as my sheep, I desire that you get some rest. And this is something that the shepherd wants for us. I, I, I think about how many times as his sheep that our spirits cry out for rest, but this matter of rest is something only that the shepherd can provide for us. And we see it here, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And you know, you think of that word maketh, and, and a lot of times when I think of that word, it almost sounds like the Lord is having to force us to lie down, to stop, to be still for a while. But honestly, it's, it's just the opposite. 
He's not forcing us. You, you read this psalm and it really carries the idea where it says here that, that he leadeth us beside the still waters. L- listen, the word here, maketh, it speaks of yielding to the shepherd's desire for our lives. Realizing this is something that our shepherd, how many of you know tonight that our shepherd knows what's best for his sheep? He knows, and we'll see that tonight in these couple verses, how that it is his desire that we would yield to him. God has taken uh, in, in this situation that we're in in 2020. I mean, who would ever thought that we would be where we are today as a nation, as a world? And how it seems like everything that we had is upside down. I mean, a lot of people, they just, they honestly don't know what to think about what their life is right now. It's, most people would think, boy, this is not what I envisioned for 2020. It's not what I thought about. But I really believe when, when God led me to our theme this year, you know, it, it, it is no mistake that we have the theme that we do because God knew what was going to take place this year. And it just seems like, and my wife and I have had this discussion many times, it seems like God has taken everything that was in our lives, all the security, for some, their jobs, for some, maybe, maybe uh, uh, you know, I, I think about this, how many men right now are lost because there's no sport? I mean, it's just like their world is upside down. No baseball. You know, is there going to be hockey? Is there going to be basketball? Everything is, it seems like, that, that we're used to, that we were relying on. Everything is gone so that there is nothing left but God. Nothing left but our shepherd. And I think that even looking back in our nation's history, and you think about 9-11, remember how that scene seemed to change things? For what, maybe a couple months? People were running to the house of God, you know, thinking, you know, what's going on in this world? Only a couple months later, people quit going to the house of God, quit spending time with the Lord, quit praying to God. How quickly we forget. And I think that's what these couple verses say to me is how God just seems like he has has taken everything away from us so that our focus would be back on him and not on us. The shepherd here, he provides for us. What is he providing in these verses? Green pastures. He's providing good things for us, but there has to be a yielding in our lives to his placing us in those green pastures. Look what he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Here's what he says to us. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what, church? I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find, there it is again, rest. How in the world can you find rest when you've got a yoke, something that is burdensome upon you? Because he says, come unto me. When we come to the shepherd, when we go to the one that can provide the rest, that can provide the green pastures, he says, ye shall find. That's a promise from God. When you come to me, he says, you'll find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, when you study the Bible, 
you find that the Word of God actually gives what I would call a couple different kinds of rest for the believers. Let's look at these tonight before we really get into the heart of these couple verses. Notice the first kind of rest, and hopefully all of you know this rest, is the rest of salvation. How many of you know the Lord is your Savior tonight? Listen, that, that was the greatest day of my life. Is the day that I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus 35 years ago. And I think of this rest that I now have. And can I tell you that we can find rest in our lives when we're no longer enemies of God. See, that's what the Bible tells us before we got saved, that we were at enmity. We were enemies with God. There was, there was nothing in common. We were constantly kicking against like Saul was doing when it comes to the Lord. The Bible puts it this way in Romans 5.10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, how? By the death of his son. And he says here, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Remember what happened in the Garden of Eden and how that man disobeyed God and because of that, the fellowship between God and man was broken. Well, how can that fellowship be restored? Because Jesus, the Son of God, left heaven and came to this earth and died for the sins of the world. And listen, he, God, brought God and man back together again. We are reconciled because of Jesus Christ. It says here, we are saved by his life. And we can rest our, in our soul's salvation because that rest is found in Jesus. You think about people you know in the world. And it just seems like their life is just one turbulent thing after another. But you find somebody that knows Christ. And there's a peace that passes all understanding. You know, I've thought about and prayed about many of you. We've got quite a few in our church that are involved in the medical profession. Who have been on the front lines dealing with many of these patients that, that have, have this virus and other types of things. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. There are people that do that line of work, they are going into harm's way every day. And this is one rest that God gives them, is that they have peace because they know to be absent from the body, as we said this morning, is to be present with the Lord, that they have this rest of salvation. Look, we that are saved, we are not working for our salvation. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, we, we have the rest of salvation, but notice another kind, that once we are saved, we have the rest of heaven. I think about how sweet heaven's going to be. What a wonderful thought that we have waiting for us with the Lord someday. And the Bible tells us as we think of heaven, Jesus himself told his disciples that there would be a heavenly rest in John 14. He says, let not your heart be troubled. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my father's house in heaven, there are many mansions if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. 
And then he says, and whither I go, ye know. He says here, and the way ye know. Now, you remember Thomas? Thomas was always known as what? A doubter, right? Thomas was one that was always speculating about things. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being inquisitive. But the Bible says that Thomas said to the Lord after he says, look, he says, you know where I'm going. He says, you know the way. And Thomas says, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. Thomas says, how, notice here, can we know the way? I mean, we don't have Rand McNally. We don't have a GPS. How in the world can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, he says, I am the way. He says, I'm the truth, Thomas. He says, here, I'm the life. No man cometh unto the Father. You're not going to have rest without me. And he says, if you have me, he says, you have the rest of heaven. See, if we're saved, we can be sure of heaven. Why? Because God's word has told us that there is a place, and Jesus said, I'm going to prepare it. And we know the Bible says this, says this that God cannot lie. Everything God says is true, and in him, amen. And listen, he has said that heaven would be our eternal home. Heaven is the gift of God that we received at the moment that we trusted Christ as our Savior. See, we can have the rest of salvation. We can have the rest of heaven. But think about this one. We also can have the rest of faith. What is this? This is a rest from our labors. I think about how so often we struggle in life, and sometimes we struggle not with the world and not with the flesh and not with the devil, which most times people think that's where our struggle is. But the truth is, even for Christians from time to time, our struggle is really with God. That sounds odd, but a lot of times what it is is that we as God's sheep refuse to yield ourselves to him, to do his will instead of ours. And we need to let God place us in his green pastures, where the Lord would have us to be. We can find rest for our souls, and we don't have to wait. Look, we can have rest from our labors now. It's not something that is distant future. Again, go back to Matthew 11, look at verse 29, where Jesus said these words, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He's talking there about having a, a sweet peace in our life and, and a rest that, that, is, that is ours. Well, how does that come? It comes by faith. Look, the shepherd is the one that loves us. He loves the sheep. He knows the sheep, and he has provided this rest for us. But even though he has provided this rest for us, oftentimes I think we live as orphans not really, really realizing what the Lord has for us. And he has provided this rest. And how does he do that? By, here it is again in verse number two, by making us to lie down. One place in the Old Testament, the prophet Ezekiel, he actually wrote of this. He, it was dealing with the nation of Israel and it actually covers in chapter 34 of Ezekiel the restoration and the provision that God had for Israel. Look at these verses and you might notice something here in Ezekiel 34, 11. 
For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered. So will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will flee, feed them in a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good field, a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. Doesn't those verses sound exactly like what we're reading here in Psalm 23 and verse 2? Where the Bible says that he maketh us to lie down in green pastures. See, as believers, as his sheep, we belong to God. And God, listen, he can do what he chooses to do with our lives but we must yield our will to his will because he knows. Okay, listen to me tonight. God, as our shepherd, knows. He knows that you and he knows I need rest. This is what we see in verse number two. And he will cause us to lie down. Uh, when our weary spirits cry out for rest, we will not get that rest. Until the day that we yield our will to his, when we find those green pastures, we must keep our eyes on the shepherd. Don't worry about the other sheep. And in, in order to find this rest, listen, there are some things that our shepherd has provided for us. Notice the first thing tonight is I see that the fears of the sheep, fears, are dealt with by the shepherd. You know, I think about so many people, especially in these days, that have allowed themselves to be gripped by fear. We know what the Bible says. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And yet many times in our lives, just like sheep, we get very nervous. Sheep are very nervous animals. They, they can be scared by maybe a strange noise. They can be scared by maybe a person coming near them, or even by another animal. They're easily frightened. And, and, and listen, I, I've told people, and, and even some listening tonight, be careful about watching too much news. Our daughter was, was at the house the other day, and she said, she said I, I don't know how you guys can, can watch news. And, and I told her, I said, your mom and I, we, we basically narrowed it down. If, if we watch a half an hour of news, that's it. You can't hardly handle much more than that. And sheep are very easily frightened. And we too, as, as God's sheep, we, these fears that grip us, we live in an, an increasingly perilous world. And look, can I tell you, no matter how hard you try, we cannot remove every danger or every threat in this world. You could try, but you can't remove them all. And somebody said, we find rest not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of our shepherd. That's where you find rest. 
He's our great shepherd. We looked at a couple weeks ago, and as our shepherd, you know what he does when, when we might have fears about what's going on? He comes to our side, and no matter what's going on, there's rest in his presence. Look at Psalm 4, uh, Psalm 4 verse number 8. The psalmist says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. What a sweet verse. See, in the presence of God, there's rest. Jesus, as I think about all that he did, of course, he left heaven, he came, he defeated death, and he, he defeated hell and the grave. Why did he do that? For so many reasons, but along with what we're looking at tonight, he did it to defeat every fear, to conquer every fear. Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Folks, our fears are not defeated by removing things in our lives that could cause fear. Our fears are defeated by the presence of the shepherd. You know, those sheep, when the shepherd is with them, they act differently. And when God is with us, when God is in our lives, now listen, understand, God never leaves us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Many times we wander, just like we looked at in Isaiah 53, I believe it was last week. We've all gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But our fears are defeated. Are you listening tonight? So many people struggle with what's going on right now and not knowing about tomorrow. But yet, listen, as we have the Lord's presence in our lives, our fears are defeated. Psalm 29, 11, the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Only God can give us that peace. And when we abide in his presence, look, nothing can harm us. Because Christ has already conquered everything that we fear in our lives. And so the fears of the sheep are dealt with by the shepherd. He helps us with what might, might bring fear and grip our hearts. But then notice also that there is the friction among the sheep that is dealt with by the shepherd. You know, sheep are a fickle animal. They're very contrary, much like people. <laughs> you start to watch sheep and see some patterns, and you know, when sheep get out in maybe a pasture and they want to graze, they kind of do some strange things. One thing that I've actually seen is that they, if they want to establish their territory or they want to kind of prove that they're in charge, what they do is, because they have no other mechanism, they kind of will go up and, and kind of butt another sheep to try to get it to move. And I find that, you know, thinking about sheep among God's people, among God's sheep, just like those animals, there's friction from time to time. <laughs> I, I see that many times it might be what somebody did, what somebody said. I've, I've even seen the proverbial, you're sitting in my coveted seat. And I, I still, I look around our church, I don't see any name tags on the, on the chairs. You know, a lot of, a lot of times uh, people walk in and, 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 and listen, there's, it doesn't take much for us sometimes to get our feathers ruffled. And when there's friction among the sheep, until that friction is dealt with, 
guess what there will be none of, and that is there will be no rest. You see this really pictured clearly in the book of Acts, how God was working, the power of God was on the early church in the first century. And as they were together, they were in one accord, and they were, they were, they were moving in one direction. There was fellowship there and sweet communion. But when there was division and discord, friction, the work of God halted. And when they got on the other side of that, then the work of God continued. People started getting saved. God's power was being manifested. You see, that's one of the things I love about our shepherd is he knows his sheep. He knows if there is friction between the sheep and there is something that maybe was causing some division, maybe one sheep butting another sheep trying to prove something. See, among the sheep, God's sheep, there can be friction, but it needs to be dealt with. James put it this way in James 4.1, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Folks, look, we're saved by the grace of God, but we're still human. We're still in the flesh. From time to time, there, there are things that will crop up. And James says, where do these wars and fightings among you come from? He says, I'll tell you where they come from. They come from your sinful nature, from lust. We find reasons sometimes. We make up reasons sometimes because we want to be irritated or we are irritated with someone. Or we criticize someone. Families, churches, they oftentimes have friction. And, and when that friction is there, there's not going to be peace. There's not going to be rest. Proverbs 17, 14, look at this great verse. The beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. He says, therefore... Leave off contention before it be meddled with. He says, don't even let it get to that point. But see, the shepherd knows the sheep. And if there is friction there among the sheep, the shepherd will deal with it. Look, we deal with friction not by making everyone perfect. That's not our job. We deal with it by living consciously of the shepherd's presence among us. See, I find here that the shepherd helps us by dealing with the fears of the sheep and by dealing with the friction among the sheep. But notice, and I love this, the food that is needed by the sheep. You see, he knows what we need, what you and I have need of. And if sheep are ever going to find rest, they've got to be fed. You know, I find that people are different when their belly's full. We've had it here at times where we'll do a Sunday morning, we'll have dinner on the grounds, and then we have an afternoon service. Bad news. Because I see you guys with this glazed look on your eyes. Your belly's full and you're thinking about your Baptist nap is what you're thinking about. Listen, if we're going to have rest as sheep, we must be fed. And the shepherd knows this. He provides the nourishment for his sheep in the green pastures that he chooses. It is the shepherd's responsibility. He's the one that finds the location. Uh, look, a lot of times we were out in California, and, and the area that we were in, 
was, was known as the Antelope Valley. I lived there for 12 years. I never saw one antelope in my entire 12 years. Somebody must have run them all off, I guess. But what I did see in the valley was sheep. There were shepherds that would take their sheep around, and I used to think to myself when I saw them, there were times where they were right across the street from our church property, and they were grazing over there, and I'm thinking to myself, what are they eating? It was not green pastures. Most of it was, we were in the high desert. Most of it was sagebrush, and I'm thinking, boy, that's really not very nourishing, nutritious. But undoubtedly, there must have been something there that the shepherd of the those sheep thought, hey, listen, they can, they can find something to eat here. But listen, it is the shepherd who finds a location where maybe the soil has been cultivated and where maybe the, the rocks have been removed and maybe there's a source of water coming to it and maybe plants might be found in that area. You know why that a shepherd is the one responsible? Because he knows that ultimately he's the one responsible to provide food. I think about God, how the children of Israel were out in the, in the wilderness. And God sent what to feed them? Manna. They had nothing. God, God provided a table in the wilderness. You see, as his sheep, God will provide for us. But yet many of us, we probably, if our spirits could say audibly, I think sometimes our spirits would say something like this, you are starving me. Now remember, if we're starving, you ever made food, made a nice meal, set it down on the table, and your kids or maybe somebody comes and they sit down and you're done with the meal and they'll, and they'll say to you, hey, listen, I'm, I'm still hungry. And there's still food on the table. I mean, nowadays you think about it, kids don't want to eat. Do, do you all remember, some of you, I'm going to age myself here, where mom made dinner, she put it on the table, and that's what you ate. You remember those days? There wasn't like plan B, plan C, go to the refrigerator, go to the pantry, and find what you want, eat what you want. That's what you ate, and if you did not eat what mom provided, then you went hungry. Listen, the shepherd provides for us. He has given us food. Notice he's given us the food of his word. Aren't you glad for the Bible? Well, I tell you, I, I love studying the Word of God. I was in my office all afternoon just thumbing through the pages of the Word of God. Uh, sometimes I think to myself, I don't intentionally try to preach long messages, but I'll be honest with you, I find it hard sometimes to figure out where to cut it off. It's just, it's just so good. You know, I think to myself, every last bit of it is food for my soul. And I think, boy, that's good. I need some of that. Oh, uh, God's people might enjoy that. Listen, uh, oftentimes we find here that the food of the shepherd, I, I figure many times here's what it is, is that our Bibles, the food of the word of God, is laying on some coffee table in our house. Or sometimes I'll come to church during the week and I'll walk in, I'll walk in the auditorium and I'll see people's Bibles laying on the chairs. And I'm thinking, they don't have their Bible with them. I used to think I was pretty smart. I'd say something to them, and I'd say, hey, listen, I, I, your Bible was at church all weekend, sitting on your, your favorite seat there, and they'll say, well, that's my church Bible. You know, this, I got one at home, I got one at church. Hey, listen, we need to make sure that we have food everywhere we go. We, we took a little trip the other day, my, my wife and I and our daughter, and, 
And, you know, listen, we got ready to go, and, and, and we all started thinking, hey, we need to take some food with us. We knew we were going to get hungry. Every day, spiritually, you, you, you're going to get hungry. And you need something that is going to nourish you. And I think about the Word of God, how Peter writes, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. You know, my, my two uh, twin grandsons, I mean, these, these boys are destined to be football players. I mean, they are, they are way beyond the percentile that they should be at their age. I can't wait to see which, which college they end up playing football for so that Poppy can go watch them play football. But I'll tell you what, I'm excited. And, and when I, I talk to my daughter, listen, I, I can't remember last time, and they're, 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 they're not but a little over a year old, I can't remember last time that I actually saw when I called her that they were sucking on a bottle of milk. No, they're now eating anything and everything they can get their hands on. That's the way you and I ought to be. When we first get saved, boy, we ought to desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. Hey, look, I love milk. It's done this body good, right? Uh, I, I love milk. Put some chocolate syrup in it. It gets even better. But think about this. We've got to get even beyond that because the Bible says in Hebrews 5, look at this, for when the time he says that ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use. That's talking about being in the word of God, studying the word of God, feasting on the word of God. Listen, our shepherd knows what we need, and what we need is a, de a, a steady diet of his word. And he says here, by reason of use, he says here, as we think about this, that those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. God's word will nourish us and it'll help us as we lie down. Listen, as those sheep would lie down in the green pastures, look, they didn't have to bend over. They were lying down. They could just eat. You know, like, like I see kids sometimes, they're just laying on the couch with the bowl right here, you know, just kind of shoveling it in. God says, I want you to understand that I've given you my word to nourish you. And this is the food that he gives to us. But notice also, he's given us the food of prayer. You might not think of prayer this way, but I love how the fact that he gives us this avenue, as we talked about this morning, where we can call him our Father, which art in heaven. How we can have sweet communion with him. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Anybody need something tonight? Anybody need a special nourishment, a nice meal from the Lord? Hey folks, I'm going to tell you, He's given us this opportunity, He's provided prayer, but the problem is, it's just like sheep, we do not graze on it. We don't pray. He's given us this opportunity we want to do everything we can to work through our situations, to solve our own problems, and we are in constant conflict in our lives with the old nature about grazing in communion and in prayer with God. We need to spend time praying to God. The Bible says in Philippians 4, be careful for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. People have said over the years, well, then why pray if he knows? Because God wants to hear from us. He wants us to come to him in prayer. And we can have victory in our lives if we would graze in the green pastures that he's provided for us, the nourishment, and that is his word and in prayer. In closing tonight, I want you to think about, look at these verses again, Psalm 23. I love these verses, how this psalm starts. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He says, and because he's my shepherd, I shall not want. He knows every need in my life. I don't have to worry because he, he will take care of me. Notice he maketh me to lie down. He knows what I need. He says he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Could say brown pastures. But he says, I've, I've making you lie down where, it's, where, where there is nourishment. And then he says, he leadeth me beside the still waters. See, the shepherd, our shepherd, he helps us. He deals with the fears that come into our lives as his sheep and he deals with the friction that comes between us as his sheep. And I love this. He provides the food that we need. Because the shepherd takes care of these things, guess what we can have? We can have sweet rest because of his presence. Look at these verses here. Proverbs 3, verse 24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Your rest. God says, I know what you have need of. Psalm 3 and verse 5. I laid me down and slept. I awaked. Look at it. For the Lord sustained me. You know what will happen when you go home tonight and God's presence is in your life and you lay your head down on your pillow tonight? God will sustain you and you'll get up tomorrow. And God will give you what you need to make it through the next day. We have a wonderful shepherd who loves us, and he, listen, he'll lead us, he maketh us, he knows what we need more than we know what we need. And let's, let's go to the Lord and pray tonight. Lord, thank you this evening for being our shepherd, for providing the rest that we need. Thank you for the rest of salvation, that we can know for sure that we have a home in heaven. Thank you for the, the rest of heaven itself that where you are, that one day we will be with you for all of eternity. And thank you for the rest from our labors, the rest that we have by faith. God, I pray that you'd help us to realize how very good you are to us. Lord, you help us with fears that we might have like a, like a sheep, like an animal might have. You help us even sometimes maybe between us and another brother or sister in Christ where there's friction, and because of that, there's no rest in our spirit, in our soul. And you know how we can grow, and that is by finding the nourishment that you have for us, the food that you've provided through your word and through prayer. Lord, help us to graze on the word of God. Help us to spend time in prayer to you. 
Thank you again for being our shepherd, for making us to lie down in green pastures. In Christ's name we pray, amen.